Little honeybees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at them loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Good Saturday morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our region who produce, prepare, and preserve our regional foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. The song that you just heard was sung by East Tennessee's own. Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. Today we are setting the table with seed and thinking about springtime planting. We have John Koykendall, seed saver and master gardener, an all-around lover of old times and Appalachian food traditions. We're going to hear from John about how he got to saving seed and why it's so important to him. We also have news about a seed swap happening today in Knoxville and also an upcoming event where you can meet your farmer and sign up for a CSA. And Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville News Sentinel, offers up some delicious ways to add some new varieties of flavors when cooking up a pot of peas. We are so honored to have John as a guest and to be able to sow good seed here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. It's a true privilege to be able to have your good company, and we thank you so very much for tuning in. Now let's get started. Let's begin with John Koykendall and how he got into the business of saving seed right here. I would say actually with all of my seed saving endeavors is when you start collecting things, you never realize what diversity there is. Again, we talk about the black-eyed pea. For years and years, that's all I ever saw. It's like talking about butter beans. The green lime is all I saw for years until I began collecting seed and found out just how many different types there were. But these field peas, you can look at the diversity of these. It's just an incredible number of types. In the area of seed saving, you know, I've had the theme gardens the last two years. Mm-hmm. Now, last year, as you remember, was the William Henry Mile seed catalog. That's the one that I found in uh, 1959 in the old Ebenezer Station west of Knoxville. You remember the Ebenezer Station, don't I you? Do. It was out on the, let's see, it was out Pip's Ironwork is, is there yeah. now. It's on Ebenezer Road. I, I, it was an old brick station. Of course, that's long since gone, but I found a copy of that 1913 seed catalog in that abandoned station. And that's what uh, sparked my interest to become a seed saver. That was one of the earliest things. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was, uh, that was my big thing. Hmm. And of course, they had all those beautiful engravings in it. 
and there's old varieties. Mm -hmm. But my point is, you're talking about having things all over the world. Mm -hmm. At that time, you take 1959, I would look in that book and I'd see certain uh, old varieties and I would think, gosh, I wonder if that still exists or where could I find that? You know, there was no networking at all. There were no seed-saving organizations of a formal type. Obviously, thank goodness, individuals were saving these things. Mm -hmm. But say you had something that was in that catalog, an old tomato, and maybe you're living somewhere in California and I'm here in Knoxville, you'd have no way of knowing I was looking for that and I wouldn't know that you existed. No. But you fast forward up to today, you can uh, take your little cell phone, have the computers on them, you can type in anything. I've had guests a lot of times up there, I'll be walking along talking about things, and I'll look back and they'll have that out there typing in some things, and maybe something I've uh, mentioned there, and they'll show me on the screen, here comes up uh, probably a whole morning's worth of reading on one subject or one variety. It's amazing, and it sources for it. It really is. And uh, what would I have given for that in 1959 or 60? When well, I bet, I bet. <laughs> there, there was, but there was no way of, of doing it. Mm -mm. Now, they had computers but uh, at that time, but they were probably about the size of your house here. Yes. Certainly not something you carried in your pocket <laughs> or had a, you know, something on your desk, laptop. But that was, uh, you know, today you have uh, such a wealth of information you can, <clears throat> that you can bring up. It's amazing. It really is. It's so wonderful for what you're doing. And that was... Uh, you have to fast forward up to 1990, that's when I became a member of the Seed Savers Exchange. And I became a listed member. A listed member is someone that's growing these old varieties and is a member of the Seed Savers Exchange and they're offering different uh, varieties they're growing out. And they have that big yearbook that goes out mm -hmm. in February, real thick, and it has everything from A to Z, apples to zucchini. Oh. So, I mean, it's, it's in there if someone, a member's growing it. And that's uh, there was one thing that I was so fascinated from the beginning with, and that was the Tennessee sweet potato pumpkin. They look similar to a kushaw, except they're bell-shaped, weigh about 25 pounds, looks like a big bell, about so tall, and they're white with faint green stripes on them. Mm -hmm. And that's a yellow flesh squash, has a wonderful Ooh. flavor. It is kind of sweet potato mm. flavored make excellent pies or for baking, any kind of thing that you'd do with a winter squash. And I grew those last year in that Mal garden. You did. Because come when 1990 rolled around and I got the first yearbook, there were three or four sources for the Tennessee sweet potato pumpkin in that uh, catalog oh. that they had. And I remember ordering those and that was oh, about January, February. And the seed came, and just like a little kid on Christmas morning, I got the seed out, and I'd look at them every day. I think I had them on my pillow all winter. <laughs> Sit there and wake up and look at those things. And how many more days is it till you can plant? Oh, I bet. <laughs> how exciting. Yeah, how many days is it before planting time? Oh, well, so um, 1959 to 1990, that's a lot of years of saving seed. That's a lot. Well, of course, I didn't. I've been doing it about probably 50-some years. Wow. And it was very small in the beginning to start mm -hmm. out, but now I've got, oh, let's see, I had 109 listings last count with the Seed Savers Exchange. Wow. And people write for samples. Mm -hmm. And generally you'll send out samples of 25 seeds. Mm -hmm. That's a, 
a startup packet, something for them to get started. We don't offer commercial size packages of seed. In other words, you're not going to get 200 seeds enough to plant a field of corn. You're going to get something to get you started, mm-hmm. and then you become a guardian of that seed, and you grow that out and increase your supply, and then you offer it to others. That's uh, how that works. You know, um, I was looking at Clemson, at a Clemson seed-saving website, and they've got all kinds of your seed. Dr. Bradshaw was there at the time that I gave him those seeds. I gave him 35 different things, uh-huh. and that was... Uh, the South Carolina Foundation Seed Association. Yes. I think that has since been moved up to uh, North Carolina State now. They're not doing that Clemson anymore, okay. but that collection's intact, and I think they're working on it up at North Carolina State. Good. That's but I love to have those in places where people grow them out. Yes, absolutely. If I have, say, 500 things of, of the seed varieties I have, and they're all preserved in the freezers at home, that's what I would refer to as functionally extinct. Mm-hmm. In other words, they're saved, but they're not available to anyone else. If you were looking for one of those old tomatoes I had or a pumpkin mm-hmm. or squash, you wouldn't know that I had it. Mm-hmm. So we've got to have these things out where they're grown, yes. where they're being used and passed on. Mm-hmm. That's the whole purpose of that. So mm-hmm. the more we get out there, the more awareness, mm-hmm. then the, the better off we are keeping all of these things going. Absolutely. There's no reason in the world why you couldn't grow yeah. a lot of things here. For instance, you could become uh, mm-hmm. you could become a member of the Seed Savers organization. That's a very worthwhile thing when, you, when you support them. It is. And you could become, if you wanted to, a listed member. And you could mm-hmm. offer. You wouldn't need to have mm-hmm. huge number. You can grow one butter bean out here. Mm-hmm. I say one because if you have more than that, they have to be isolated by at least a mile. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. So, so you could have uh, as big as this property has, you could probably have three or four beans, just mm-hmm. scatter them out different places. Mm-hmm. If you've just joined us, you're listening to an interview with John Coikenthal, seed saver from Knoxville, Tennessee. After the short break, we'll return with a story from John about the wash day pea. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is provided in part by Ellie's Home, providing fine flowers for home and garden, seasonal staging, weddings, and floral decor, from private to commercial. Currently scheduling with future brides on the perfect floral design for weddings. To schedule an appointment and for more information, the website is elliesfloral.com. That is spelled E-L-L-I-E-S floral.com. Ellie's Floral. You can always tell Ellie's home. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes in part from Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block north of Broadway on North Central Street. Magpie's Bakery can accommodate most budgets and styles, from a simple rustic barn dance with pies, cookies, and cupcakes, to a country club affair with a custom creation. With a full selection of ready-made designs, or they can create custom designs for your special event. 
images of their ready-made designs, and details on custom orders and appointments at magpiescakes.com. Magpies Cakes. All butter, all the time. Now let's return to our guest, seed-saving giant and East Tennessee treasure, John Koykendall. He has this wonderful story about one of the varietals that he saves and shares called the Wash Day Pea. Most all of the varieties I have have a story to go with them. I think with the, for instance, these peas that we have spread out on this muslin cloth, that to me they'd be the perfect notes. If I was doing a big lecture somewhere, I wouldn't take a notebook with notes in it. All I would do is put these varieties of peas out and each one has their own story they speak for themselves that's all you would need mm -hmm. and it's uh, fascinating I want to tell a story now this is especially for the ladies in the audience and this story is about the wash day pea now you know wash day in the old days was always on Monday and the pea that I have here is a very very small round yellowish tan pea and it was cooked on wash day. Now the reason they cooked it on wash day was it cooked up very fast. It would cook up in the same amount of time as you could bake a pone of cornbread. But to regress a little bit, the ladies had a real rough day on wash day. Now they had to get up before first light. They had to build fires under the cast iron wash kettles, shave the lye soap off into the water. They had those big paddles to stir the clothes with. They had battling blocks and battling sticks to beat the dirt out with. You had rinse waters. You had to wring all of that out by hand. Had to take that out and hang it up. Now I'll tell you something. None of you ladies at that time, or today would you be either, would you want to cook dinner for the men at home? So what they're going to get on wash day is that little pea. And that pea cooks up in the same amount of time that you can bake a pone of cornbread. So that was perfect for that. Now, if you were in an especially good mood that day, hadn't had too bad a go of it, you might give them a slice of onion to go with it. <laughs> but, but the story of that, I, I love the, uh, the history and the, the story behind it. It's fantastic. That's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of history and heritage. I was thinking about that uh, last night, and I was thinking about talking about these uh, different peas. You really gain an appreciation for what people went through in those days. I came home in uh, the summertime, you know, your overalls, get uh, they get dirty pretty fast, the rest of your clothes. And I went down the basement, threw a load of overalls into the wash, turn it on, you come back up, you can sit down and watch the History Channel. You hear the buzzer go off, back down, throw it into the uh, dryer. I came back and I was thinking, my goodness, think of that, uh, the contrast. Think about 1790 when these ladies were cooking these uh, these peas, mm -hmm. and all that day, the work that went into that, mm -hmm. just how much uh, you're doing. And here I am today, pitch them in the wash, buzzer goes off, throw them in the dryer, and there it is. Yeah. So that uh, adds a little bit of appreciation to the wash day pea, what they uh, what they went through at that time. It sure does, John. I think uh, another note on these wash day peas that might have been one of the original fast foods. You know, today you'll tell dad to go down and pick up a bag of burgers somewhere and some fries. Back then, that was that, uh, that fast cooking pea that you had on wash day. You know, we have a holdover of that today. Now, 
if you've been to New Orleans, you know New Orleans uh, Monday is uh, red beans and rice day. And in the schools, they still serve uh, beans, red beans and rice. And that's a, a holdover from wash day. That was something they could put on the wood burning stove and have simmering while they were doing all the work with the, with the wash that day. Didn't know that. So that's come down to us into modern times. That's so neat. And I just have to throw in one more story John has about peas. I want to tell you a story about a fellow that came to visit us up at the farm. This was about two months ago, and he had grown up in the Depression years. And he's up in his, uh, well, up in his 80s now. But he was talking about uh, living on the farm then. You know, the people that grew up on the farms, they would, uh, many of them I've heard say that we didn't have a dime before, during, or after the, uh, the Great Depression. We didn't know there was a depression on. <laughs> We had to, we lived the same way, and your people really that were on the farms had the better of it. Yes. I know even your doctors would work, very often they would work for trade, chickens and, and uh, mm -hmm. beans, and apples, you, you name it, they, they would trade. Everybody was in the same boat, mm -hmm. so that, that we all had to get along and, and do the best we could with it. But this one pea I have right here is called the Bradham Stock Pea, it dates to 1870, down in Georgia. And that came from uh, this family. And this old fellow was telling me the story. He said, when I was about eight years old, every day we had peas. Mom would make that little bowl of peas for me, and I had a piece of cornbread. They might have had some sweet potato or something else. But anyway, he said, one day I rebelled. I sat down and had a big frown on my face. And I looked at that bowl of peas, and took that bowl of peas, and I pushed it away. Mama asked, what's the matter, son? And I said, I ain't eating no more peas. I'm tired of them. Well, his daddy just looked at him and he said, that's all right, son. You'll eat them tomorrow. <laughs> In other words, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, the choice. <laughs> that was the choice. That's a good story, John. Well, you know, most of these old peas that we have here, they all have stories because I've gotten them from old timers, people I've known years and years ago. And you have been listening to an interview with John Koikendall, Seed Saver in Knoxville Native. To find some of the seeds supplied by Seed Savers Exchange that John has helped to save, more information at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Look for the link that says Seed and Native Plants. This is Alan Benton, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Coming up March 6th through 12th, it's the WDVX Spring Fun Drive, and Mr. Alan Benton himself is going to be sitting in here with me on the 12th. So hope you can tune in for that. We're going to have a special edition of the Tennessee Farm Table from 9 o'clock until 10 o'clock that day. And Alan is bringing with him some hand-picked items from his store to offer up as thank you gifts for people who call in while we're on the air from 9 until 10. Again, that is March the 12th with Mr. Alan Benton live in the studio with me. Hope you can join us. I'd like to let you know about a couple of events happening in our community that are agricultural in nature and you might find interesting. Today, Saturday, February 27th, CAC Beardsley Community Farm is hosting the first Community Workday of 2016 and their annual seed swap. 
from 12 until 3, volunteer with fellow community members to ready the farm for spring. Farm tour is at noon for those who are new to Beardsley Farm. It's a great opportunity to learn about what Beardsley Farm does for the Knoxville community. Dress to work outside with warm clothes, sturdy shoes, and a water bottle. The seed swap takes place after the workday from 3 until 5. Share heirloom seeds and talk about your favorite gardening tricks. It's a free event and attendees do not have to bring seeds to swap. More information at beardsleyfarm.org or by Facebook. Just search for Beardsley Farm. Meet your farmer at the CSA Fair, Friday, March 11th from 11 until 2 at the Community Room of the Knox County Health Department. CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture, where the customer pays a weekly share of the farmer's harvest. Some of the participating farms and farmers are Abbey Fields, Colvin Family Farm, Jim Farm, South Knox Food Co-op, Spring Creek Farm, Garden Delivery CSA, and many more. This event is free and open to the public. More information by phone 865-215-5183. This event is brought to you by Nourish Knoxville and the Knox County Health Department. This is Chef John Fleer of Rhubarb in Asheville, and you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table on East Tennessee Zone, WDVX. It's In the Kitchen with Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville New Sentinel. The next time you cook a fresh pot of peas to pair with potatoes, serve with carrots, or use in a succotash, consider these flavor profiles featured in the Flavor Bible, written by Karen Page and Andrew Dornenberg. It includes peas cooked in carrot juice instead of water, peas mixed with mint and morel mushrooms, Peas with onions, pancetta, and sage. Peas with basil and potatoes. Or peas with mushrooms and ricotta cheese. And if you're planning to freeze your peas, an easy way to contain them while blanching is to use a pot with a pasta strainer. This is Mary Constantine for the Tennessee Farm Table. We want to say thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. We hope that you can join us again right back here at 9 o'clock at WDVX.com or online at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our guest is going to be Alan Benton from Benton Smoky Mountain Country Hams from Madisonville, Tennessee. He's going to talk about his country ham and how it got to be such a big deal nowadays. So hope you can join us for that. And in addition, Alan's going to join me live in the studio March the 12th from 9 a.m. until 10 a.m. He's going to be my pitch partner for the Spring Fun Drive for WDVX. 
and hope you can all join in for that. It's going to be a whole lot of fun, and he's bringing some items from Benton's Country Ham um, as on-air thank you gifts for people who like to support this kind of community broadcasting like the Tennessee Farm Table. So, that's coming up. Our theme song was written by myself, Amy Campbell, and beautifully performed by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. More information about Emmy Sunshine at theemmysunshine.com. That's spelled T-H-E-E-M-I sunshine.com. We want to say thank you to WDVX for bringing to you pure community broadcasting, just like this show. They are our media partner, and we couldn't do this without them. More information at WDVX.com. We'd love to invite you to connect with us on Twitter and Facebook at TennesseeFarmTable.com and check out our podcast. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.